Welcome to Addicted to Busy, the podcast specifically for overachieving property managers who are dying for a little more work-life balance in their lives. Each week, we dismantle all the BS that holds us back. You'll learn how to nix those tricky self-sabotaging habits so that you have the time, energy, and motivation to create what you really want in life. If you're looking to shift from overcommitted to overjoyed, this is the podcast for you. Let's do this. Now, your host, Anna Havalyana. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Addicted to Busy. I wrote these upcoming episodes while on a vacation with my husband. We took a four-day road trip through Arizona, and we went through Phoenix, Sedona, Page. We got to see Antelope Canyon, and it was absolutely beautiful. I was a little bit nervous about scheduling a trip to Arizona at the end of June, but we ended up having phenomenal weather. I had never been to Arizona before, and I'm from the Midwest. I've spent most of my life in the Midwest, so seeing a different landscape and seeing the desert was so fun and interesting. And during that time, we did a lot of hiking And while my husband and I hike, sometimes we talk, but oftentimes we don't say a lot to each other. I go to this local coffee shop in Madison a couple of times a week, and they always have these fun, sarcastic greeting cards at their checkout aisle. And one of these cards said that love is about finding the person who enjoys the same amount of not talking as you. And I think that's very true of my husband and I. We can go on vacations for four to seven days and spend a day or two not talking to each other at all. And we freaking love it. So my husband's an engineer. He loves projects and he can get lost in his head, dreaming up his next creation or problem solving something that's going on at his job. For me, when we're in these moments of silence, I get a lot of time to think about our industry and I think a lot about my coaching clients and the problems that we talk about. And I love spinning in ideas on how to solve the common problems that we all face. I always chuckle a little bit when I get on one of our free coaching calls and a manager will often say things like, oh my gosh, it's like you're in my brain. Everything that you talk about on the podcast is what I go through. And I really got to tell you, I am not in anybody's head. This has absolutely nothing to do with me. The reality is, is that we're all facing similar problems. Our problems really aren't unique. The problem is that we're not talking about them. Now, there are various reasons why we might not want to be honest about the struggles that we face as we try to balance our lives within an industry that seems to demand more and more and more of us every year. Some managers are reluctant to share their challenges because they worry that it's going to come off as complaining or that they're going to sound unprofessional. Or worse, they worry that they're going to sound incompetent. Keep in mind, this is a very competitive industry. So if you are someone who is vying for a promotion or wanting a bigger property, you likely won't want to show any sign of weakness. But honestly, being transparent about your challenges is what will allow you to work through them quicker. 
Anyway, it is my joy to share this podcast so that everyone knows that they're not alone. And it's truly a joy that I get to help people get themselves back to a place where they're not falling on the sword every day. I love it when it finally clicks for a client that they literally do not have to be everything to everyone in order to do a good job or to be a good partner or parent. And I especially love it when it clicks that it's okay to have a life and to have interests outside of their properties. I have a one-on-one client who is actually in sales and marketing, and they are amazing. Now, they're going to deny this if you tell them because they are also humble as pie, but what they've been able to accomplish is pretty astounding. And a few months ago, they were expressing some frustration that they thought that they were feeling from their team because their team could not figure out how this person was meeting their sales numbers on top of their leadership role. And so I said to this client, I said, I think that there are things that you know how to do that you take for granted. So for a couple of weeks, I was kind of struggling with the words to express to this client that they had skills that they were completely unaware of. And I think that the universe heard me because I recently came across some material that has a name for this. It's called unconscious competence. Unconscious competence is when you know how to do something without thinking. It's like when you can ride a bike without actually having to think about each step. You just know what to do and it comes natural. I think back to what it was like learning how to ride a bike. I remember exactly where I was as a kid. We used to live on a cul-de-sac in Illinois. And I remember the process of trying to get on the bike, feeling a little bit uneasy because I was higher up in the air, really relying on my training wheels. And it wasn't until my dad suggested that we take the training wheels off that I even started to recognize that I wasn't using the training wheels anymore, that I was in fact balancing And I felt the same way about this when I learned how to ride a motorcycle. When I first learned how to ride a motorcycle, I had to think through absolutely every single step of the process from making sure that my feet were flat on the ground before I kicked up the kickstand, making sure that I was in neutral, remembering how to clutch and shift and brake and which brake went with the handbrake and which brake went with the foot pedal. And now it's been a couple years and I've taken a couple rides with my husband and I hardly have to think about it. I just turn on the key and off I go driving down my street. Anyway, today we are going to dive into unconscious competence, why you need to understand it and how it ultimately affects your team. When I first started sketching out this episode, I imagined it would be a single episode, but the more that I dove into the topic, the more I realized I had a lot to say about it. And I think as you listen, you're going to have your own real life examples of each of the pieces of the competence ladder. So I'm actually going to break this up into about two or three episodes so that you can really chew and mull on what you're learning. So for some background information, the conscious competence ladder, say that 10 times fast, the conscious competence ladder was developed by Noelle Birch with Gordon Training International back in the 
these. Now you can Google conscious competence ladder and you'll see a little matrix that shows the relationship of our awareness and our competence as it pertains to a specific skill set. So I'm going to summarize them for you. One, if you are unconsciously incompetent, that means that you don't know what you don't know. If you are consciously incompetent, that means that you are aware of a skill that you don't yet have. If you are consciously competent, you know that you're good at something. You know that there's a skill that you have and you feel confident that you can do it. And then there's unconsciously competent. That's when we're so good at a skill that we're no longer aware that we have it. I think that we have all been in each of these different steps of the ladder before. I have definitely been unconsciously unskilled where I didn't know what I didn't know. For example, when I took my first leasing agent position and they told me that the building was occupied at 80 but budgeted at 96, yeah, I definitely had no clue what I was in for. That fact went right over my head. And I had no idea just how many expired leases I was going to find and units that people had moved out of that no one recorded or knew about. In that moment, I definitely did not know what I did not know. But we've all been here. I bet you can think of a property that you've shown up to where you have been thrown into a dumpster fire. It builds character, they say. I've also been consciously unskilled where I finally started to understand the knowledge gaps that I was missing. That ultimately led me to seek out my ARM and later my CPM designation with the Institute of Real Estate Management because I knew that if I wanted to move up, that there were things that I needed to know that I didn't yet know. So the two trickiest stages to identify are unconsciously incompetent and unconscious competency. And this makes sense because it's unconscious after all. You can uncover where you're unconsciously incompetent by asking your supervisor for direct feedback. I'm actually really not digging this word incompetent. I think I'm going to change it to able or currently unable. Anyways, what's so tricky about being unconsciously able to do something is that you might have the skills that your team needs, but it might be difficult for you to describe how to do them. Not to mention, a lot of the skills that we have, we only learned through exposure. For example, I started in residential management, so I had my fair share of having to de-escalate emotional situations. And over time, this was an unconscious ability that I had. I remember one afternoon, this was after I had moved from residential management into commercial management, I was an assistant manager at an office building and a tenant called in and she was upset. And when I say she was upset, she was quite livid and rightfully so. She owned a salon. This was, to my knowledge, her first business and she had just received word from our team that we were going to be completing some building repairs that were going to be extremely disruptive. And she had two wedding parties that were booked that weekend. 
the work that we were going to do in the building was so disruptive that the city actually, I think they required us to send a written notice to everyone who was in, I think, like a half mile radius of us. Anyways, when she called in, she lit into me like you would not believe. And I could tell right away that this conversation was going to take a minute. So I put her on speaker and I hung up the receiver so that I didn't get a crook in my neck because I knew this conversation was going to take a lot of time. Now, I didn't realize that some of my teammates could hear that conversation and that they were listening outside the door. Now, despite my best efforts, I couldn't reconcile with this tenant and she screamed a big F you and hung up on me. And I went back to work right after the call, but one of my teammates came in and they were like flustered on my behalf. They were saying, oh my gosh, how did you stay calm during that? I would have lost it. And inside I chuckled a little bit because I came from residential management. This kind of thing happens on the regular. In many cases, commercial managers, they don't have to handle the sheer volume of upset tenants that residential managers do. So the skill of de-escalation and the ability to suspend my own emotions while handling an irate tenant was an unconscious skill I had because I had so much exposure to it, okay? There are a couple of reasons why you need to understand where you or your teammates are on this competence ladder. Okay, so number one, if you are not aware of the skills that your team lacks, but that you have, you might be taking on work that could be done by somebody else. So said another way, if you have a teammate who has a lot of unconscious inabilities, chances are you might be doing work that they're fully capable of learning how to do. Number two, research shows that any behavior change requires emotional effort as well as cognitive effort in order for it to stick. So if you are in the process of learning a new skill, you've really got to give yourself grace to feel whatever emotions come up. Because if you don't, you could end up being unnecessarily hard on yourself. And then finally, the third reason, like I mentioned before, learning a new skill means feeling frustrated or challenged. So if you are guiding a teammate through learning a new skill, you have to be aware of what phase they're in. Otherwise you risk losing patience with them unnecessarily, which will stunt their growth. Over the next couple episodes, we're going to go into each of these reasons in more depth. And between now and then, I really want you to consider what are my unconscious abilities? And also, what are my team's and colleagues' unconscious abilities? What are they really good at that they don't even know that they're good at? When we actively start seeking out and calling attention to each other's strengths, we can start meaningful and open conversations where we open up the door to learn from one another. Just playing off of the example that I gave you earlier with the tenant who went a little bananas on the phone with me, I can tell you that I have definitely felt emotions as someone is screaming at me. 
I feel the heat rise in my body. I feel my heart rate go up. I feel the hair on the back of my neck stand up. But in those moments, I also know that eventually this phone call is going to be over. And as soon as it is, I know I can catch my breath. I know that I'll start to feel my blood calm me down. I might even sweat a little as I come off of that adrenaline rush. But deep down, I know that it's all okay. It's all a part of the process. And I remember explaining this to a maintenance supervisor once. And a few months later, after we had that conversation, he came back to me and he said, I felt all of those emotions the other day, and I get it now. He would always tell me that I taught him how to schmooze, and I'd laugh at that because really all I taught him was how to suspend his own physical reactions so that he could stay focused on helping our residents who were upset. But the only way that we learn these lessons from one another is by sharing our experiences and calling attention to what each of us is innately good at. I love sharing everything that I have learned on the podcast because I picked it up from all of the amazing managers who put time and effort and attention into me and teaching me what they knew. So that is your homework for the week. Keep your eyes peeled for all of the amazing skills that you and or your team has that they might be completely unaware of and start calling attention to it and asking questions. In the meantime, if you are loving this podcast, come check out our mini workshop called From Busy to Balance. I know that property managers are super busy and so I've condensed it into a 30-ish minute mini workshop and you can RSVP by going over to anahaviliana.com. And in the top menu, there's a button that says mini workshop. We're going to go over some of my favorite topics to maximize your productivity and help you reshift the way you prioritize yourself within that never ending to-do list. It's a lot of fun. So please come join me. Again, you can sign up on our website, anahaviliana.com. That's A-N-N-A. J-A-V as in victory, E-L-L-A-N-A.com. And then on the top menu, click mini workshop. All right, my friends, I love y'all. Until next week, keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.